Hello everyone, this is Levi Gelb from the Chassidish Parsha, and you're listening to the new podcast, Chassidis, which is an explanation in English of Sefer HaMaymarim Tafrish Samaches from the Rebbe Rashab, each episode containing an explanation of one page from that Sefer with the goal to finish the entire Sefer. And at the beginning of every episode, we'll also have a synopsis of the previous episode. You'll also notice in the description for that day's episode, there'll be a short synopsis in English, and also there'll be a link there to become a monthly supporter to make this show possible. Um, please tap the link in that description or visit anchor.fm slash to become a monthly supporter. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Short synopsis of the previous episode, Almond Tezayin, page 16, and... You could also see in the description to that episode is a short synopsis in English. We spoke about uh, the new mimer, starting a new mimer, Shuvah Yisrael, returning Israel unto, or until Hashem your God. Why does it say until and not to Hashem your God? Why does it say also because you have stumbled upon your sins, therefore you should, do, you should repent, return unto Hashem? Obviously, all repentance is because you've stumbled on sin. Why does it have to give that reasoning here? It's a state the obvious. So he said, in order to understand that, we have to, we have to preface the idea we said before, that the true idea of unification of face-to-face, which happens on Rosh Hashanah, is specifically uh, through the, the unification of the waking up of the inner essence of the soul of the Jew, which reaches and touches the inner essence of Hashem. And the main idea, when that happens, we said, is uh, when the blowing of the Shefer in Rosh Hashanah. As it's known that on the night of Rosh Hashanah, the, the godly energy which was, which was enlivening the worlds the previous year is removed and, and returns back to its source. And through the blowing of the Shefer, you draw down a new, a higher level energy for the, for the new year. And that is going to be this idea of drawing down the inner essence of Hashem um, because of the awakening of the inner essence of the Jew, which we don't explain yet. Now we say that this idea of the, uh, the removal of the, energy for the, uh, the energy of the worlds on the night of Rosh Hashanah is hinted to in the verse, which it says, the land, of, the land which Hashem washes over from the beginning of the year, and the word from the beginning, Meireshis, is written without an aleph. The aleph signifies the divine energy which enlivens all the creation. As we know in the word Adam, is made up of Aleph, Dam, Aleph, and then blood, meaning there's the blood, but within the blood, which is just physical, doesn't have the ability to give life to a person, is the Aleph, which is the energy of the soul. So, so too, the Aleph of all of creation is the godly energy which enlivens and clothes within all the worlds and gives them life. And on the night of, and the Meridatius, in the beginning of the year, um, in the night of Rosh Hashanah, that, that word is written without an Aleph to signify that the energy of the world's and that previous year is removed and goes back to its source and a new level of energy is drawn down for the next year. Another explanation of, we said, why Medacious from the beginning of the year, which refers to Rosh Hashanah, is written without an Aleph. And then we go on to a long explanation that uh, it's explained in the Siddur about the, about the inner intentions of the blowing of the Shafer and Rosh Hashanah, that Aleph refers to the intermediary between, which connects the simple voice, the simple um, voice that comes from the breath of the heart, with the specific letters of speech. So too, the Aleph refers to a level of godliness, which is an intermediary which connects the simplicity of the infinite light of Hashem with the divine speech, which is Malchus, in order that there should be a revelation of divine energy, of godly energy within the limited creations. They said that, the, just like by example, way of analogy, in the speech of a person, the speech, the power of speech within our soul is an unlimited power. You could, can speak forever, have the potential, the ability to speak forever, Without and without any changes, and even how the speech is expressed later into actual letters, that even has the ability to go on forever and without change. 
uh, and the fact that we see that a person does change, his voice changes when he gets older, that's not because the, the potential, the power of speech within the soul changes, that always stays in infinite without any end, it's just because the body is getting older and is not a proper vessel to express that infinite power, and it stops it and prevents it from being the same intensity, the same strength as it always was. And we're starting now at the top, page Yud Zayin, five lines from the top. Short synopsis of the previous episode, Amad Yud Zayin, page 17. We spoke about that the, the unlimited power of voice, even though it's made up of uh, the limited elements, the spiritual elements of fire, water, and wind, that <clears throat> the way that these th- elements are make up the voice and is a very, in a very simple way, an undefined way, it's above limitation, therefore it doesn't contradict the unlimited power of the voice. And then we brought up in the parentheses an interesting question. Sometimes you see that the, one of the elements has a, has a intense power and overcomes other elements within the voice, creating different aspects of the voice. And we said how, how that's not a contradiction to the unlimited power of the voice. And <clears throat> after that we said that the, the letter Aleph, we said, is the intermediary between this lim- the unlimited power, the simplicity of the voice, and the limited expressions of the speech, the Aleph is what stops the simple voice and allows it to become expressed in a limited way. <coughs> and that is the, 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 how the letters, they bring the, the, the unlimited voice into specific expressions and differentiation to different letters, as we know that the the letters are not one letter is not even is not uh, comparable to the next letter. They each have their own their own idea and their own expression. So in essence, the letters are totally uh, limited and subject to change. There, that's that's why a person has to enunciate the letters and not just to roll his letters to emphasize each letter, or else they'll you'll miss what the person's saying because each letter is different. So um, the letters are totally limited, whereas the speech is simple and unlimited. So idea above in godliness means that the voice of Hashem is the expression of Hashem's unlimited energy, and that's why it says in the different places in Kabbalah that the voice of Hashem relates to the world of which to the level of Zom, the Mides of Atzilus, and we know that Mides of Atzilus is still within the unlimited power of Hashem, His unlimited expression. And also the root, the, the source of, of the Midas of Atilas is in a very high level, sublime level, godliness, which is called Atik, the Pnimis of Keser, the inner level of Keser, which is the totally transcendent, unlimited level of godliness. And with from this level of the simple voice of Hashem, the unlimited expression of Hashem, the limited world would never be able to recreate it. Only from the speech of Hashem, the letters of Hashem, like it says in the Hashem created the world through speech, that's can be, from that can be creation. And we said that the speech is related to the level of Malchus of Atzilus, like a king r- rules over his nation through his speech and his commands, and that's how he is a king. So king, a king and speech are totally synonymous, and the speech is what brings the different limited expressions to that div- unlimited divine energy. And that has created, that's why speech, Malchus, is built, is made up of gvures, of severities and contractions to hide the unlimited power of Hashem, to allow it to be expressed in limited ways to create limited worlds. And that's the the meaning of the verse, that uh, mal, the Malchus, <coughs> the speech of Hashem, is built by Gvuroscha, your severities and your limitations. And then we said that there's also another idea of the five severities, of um, the five severities was made, which 
uh, are expressed not only in Malchus, the concealing of the divine uh, energy within Malchus to allow the limited creation of the worlds, the limited expressions of that divine energy. Also, there's the five severities within the level of Bina of Atzilus, which that is a basically bringing down and allowing there to be somewhat of a revelation of godliness within the limited world, so they shouldn't feel totally separate from their source, from godliness, and they should be, allow, be able to nullify themselves back to that source, like the angels bowing to Hashem and nullifying themselves because they realize, because they feel a little bit of divine revelation, and therefore nullify themselves to that. And there's different types of angels and different expressions, uh, even within the angels that relate to chesed, there's different levels of those angels, and therefore, even though that these five severities of the of the level of Bina Batsilus are really a, an expression of drawing down of chesed, of drawing down a revelation of godliness, but nevertheless, since the revelation is drawn down to specific entities, to different spiritual entities, different angels, therefore, there has to be this idea of the five severities, the contraction of the energy to allow for limited expression in different ways like the fingers on the hand, the five fingers relating to the five severities, which allow a person to separate different objects. So to the five severities separate the divine energy to different spiritual entities. Quick synopsis of the previous episode, on Yud Ches, page 18. We spoke about the five severities of Bina, not being just severities in the sense of only contraction, but also have they have a little bit of uh, chesed with them, therefore they're, therefore they're called the sweet and severities, and because they end up drawing down a revelation of godliness into the world, it's just like rain, which even though it falls in a very intense way, a uh, severe way, it brings life to the worlds, and that's also why gvuda comes the word tigbeides, an overcome, an over and very intense, powerful strength, because also in order to bring down revelation of the infinite, uh, unlimited godliness into the limited world, it's only through a great intense strength, just like the blowing of the soul, the unlimited soul into the body. That's why it's described to as being pu- uh, placed in the body by a way of blowing. Hashem blew it into us because blowing, you're bringing from the inner strength and, so to say, stuffing the unlimited power of the soul into the limited body. And that's why it says, um, his uh, severities, his might, re- relating to in the sense of it's, a, it's you're speaking to the third person because it's a higher level of the severities, and that's the severities, how they exist within Bina of Atzilus. And Gurascha, your severities, as you're speaking directly to the person in a revealed way because it's relating to the lower level of the severities, how they are in Zah, which those are the severities which actually contract the energy to make it fitting to the limit, to limited creations. Then we explain the, the saying of the sages, the beginning Hashem uh, thought to create the, the world just through attribute of uh, ju- justice and of severity, but then he partnered with it the attribute of mercy, and so the creation is usually through the name Elikim, even though actually it has to come through, even though the energy for creation, the, the potential for creation comes from Avaya, the unlimited power of Hashem, but it has to be tampered, uh, tampered, it has to be dimmed and uh, limited and concealed in order that the the uh, the creation should feel itself separate and should be limited creation. But then the idea of bringing, bringing in the attribute of mercy in is br- the bringing in of an extra level of divine revelation of divine energy into the world to allow the worlds to not feel totally separate so they should be able to nullify themselves back to their source. And that's the... Um, and the drawing down of this energy of the revelation of godliness into the worlds after they already feel themselves separate but in a way that they shouldn't feel totally separate, that actually comes from Chachma. I mean, explained 
that the creation of the matter, physical matter of creation, comes from the speech of Hashem, whereas the spiritual characteristics of creation and the souls of all creation comes from the will of Hashem. And we said that these two ideas are really the same ideas of the drawing down of divine energy through Bina and through Chachma, because Bina is Yesh, is a, is in a separate, it feels itself a little separate, as Chachma feels, it doesn't feel its own identity, as a separate identity. And therefore, the drawing down of the energy from Bina creates a world to feel itself separate, and drawing down the energy from Chachma creates the, allows the, for the idea of Bittal within the world, so the self-multiplication. And that's why we say the blessing, Asher Yotzer Sadu Chachma, Tetsuda, the form, the spiritual capacity of creation comes to the level of Chachma. And then we said why sometimes Malchus has its root within Bina, and sometimes it's rooted within, uh, Malchus is rooted within Chachma. So basically the letters of Malchus mean the specific, limited, contracted revelations of godliness, which is the idea of the letters, that comes from the Malchus, how it's rooted in Bina. But the bringing together the combination of the letters to make words, that's from Chochma. And that's the idea of the, how all the divine revelations, these limited revelations, feel the oneness, how they're all really one entity because they're all connected to Hashem. That's through the Chochma. And that's the idea of the uh, bringing in the oneness of Hashem into creation, the revelation of godliness into creation, allowing for the Bitla Yesh, the nullification of the feeling of separateness within creation. Even though we said before that this is all brought about through the five severities within Bina of Atzilus, but the main idea is actually through the revelation of Chachma into Bina. Through that, there can be brought about the um, the sweetening of the severities and the revelation of godliness within the worlds. A quick synopsis of the previous episode, Amud Yutes, page 19. We spoke about that a proof from the Zohar that the main idea of the sweetening of the severities of Bina of Atzilus is through, specifically through the revelation of Chachma, within to that, within to Bina, and that's hinted to in the word Reishis with an Aleph, or without an Aleph, it's just Bina, and because there can and there can come judgments from that, um, more extreme judgments and severities. And then we said that the this is the same idea, so the sweetening of severities comes from Chachma. And the kesser with it, it shines within Chachma. And this is the main idea of the drawing down of the voice within, of Hashem's simple, uh, undefined, unlimited voice within his speech of creation. That, and so this the, that the voice is, uh, connotes, signifies the unlimited revelation of Hashem, and the, which brings about, and the speech is, is, signifies how Hashem's, this unlimited revelation takes on form, limitation, and creates limited worlds. So, and the idea of the of the drawing down of the voice within the speech is that there should be a revelation of godliness within the world, that the world should have the ability to nullify itself back to its source. And what is the intermediary between this? We said before in the Mimer is the letter Aleph. Aleph is the intermediary between the speech, the simple speech, and the defined, the simple voice and the defined speech. And that in order that the unlimited revelation of Hashem should go within the world, you need to have the Aleph, which is which is the words Pele, which refers to Pele, which means the wonder, the supernal wondrous revelation of Hashem, which transcends all worlds, which refers to Keser. And what is the idea of Keser within Malchus, within the speech of creation? That's the desire, the pleasure Hashem has within creation. I mean, the pleasure that Hashem gets from the nullification of the creations back, of the separate creations that feel themselves separate, nevertheless they nullify themselves back to their source, like the like the king that gets pleasure when he sees all his so many people have their own lives, but they, yet they all follow the king's orders. And this is what we say, the beginning of Hashem's will to create the worlds, to be king, there was a a, a um, chakika, 
engraving within that will, which what does that mean, the engraving? That even though in his essence he doesn't really care about what the creation does because he's so sublime, so transcendent above all creation, creation doesn't matter at all to him. Nevertheless, he decided to care about the, the divine service of the creations and their nullification of themselves to take pleasure within that. And that's the idea of this engraving he made within himself, a decision to care about creation. And this is what it means in Medeshis, at the beginning of the year, it's written without an Aleph, because on Rosh Hashanah, Hashem's divine pleasure that He gets within from creations, from the divine service of creations, is removed. And that's why it's the, specifically the inner the innerness, the inner aspect of the divine energy is removed. And that's relating to this divine pleasure within creation. You have to draw it down again from the source, and that is through the blowing of the shofar. The shofar draws down from the inner core essence of Hashem, and we brought a proof in the verse of that. And then we brought another proof from the from the Zoyar that the Shafer that Shafer relates to this inner essence of the Chokhmah and even of Atik, drawing that down, the inner essence of Keser. And that is why Shafer's letters Shinvav Peirish. Shinvav is relates to the, the severities, the fe- the masculine severities, Peirish relates to the, the feminine severities. And you draw and you and you sweetened all these severities through, like it says in the other verse, have Vaya Adnai B'Shefer Yiska, through the Vaya Adnai, which is the Gematria of Shefer, if you switch it to the letter, to the the idea of Atbash. So you draw down through the Shefer the, the sweetened severities, and that is specifically through the Aleph, which is the divine pleasure Hashem gets in creation. Then when you can understand that it says, This is the, the, the day of Rosh Hashanah, this is the day of the beginning of your works, remembrance of the first day. Seemingly it's not the beginning, the beginning was as on the 25th of Elul, and what does it mean, the begin, the remembrance of the first day? So 25th of Elul is really relating to the aspect of creation, which is just concealment to allow the worlds to feel themselves separate, the divine attribute of, just, of judgment, of severities how they are in the simple sense, just contracting the energy. And then Rosh Hashanah relates to the, the idea of the sweetening of those severities, the revelation of godliness within the world. So this is what we're saying. This is the day, the day of creation of, of the first man who draws down godliness through his divine service into this world is the beginning of your works, so meaning is the, top, the ultimate purpose of creation, and it's a remembrance for the first day, meaning for the day that the idea of the first, the Rishon, which is the letter Aleph, how it is by itself, Keser, the inner essence of Keser is going to be revealed. So we do that on Rosh Hashanah, through blowing the shofar, we draw down from the inner essence. Just that now, it's not revealed; it's concealed. It's a hidden way. And when Mashiach comes, it's going to be in a revealed way. Starting at the top of page Chaf, three lines from the top. A quick synopsis of the previous episode, which was which was Amid Chaf, page twenty. We spoke about the main idea of returning face to face, which is on Rosh Hashanah which we've been speaking about in the previous Maimarim, happens through the blowing of the shofar, which is an expression of the spiritual of, uh, service of blowing the shofar, which is the simple cry from the heart, which is an expression of the deepest, when, when you're touched by the deepest part of your soul, the Yechid the essence of the soul, that cannot be expressed in not in words and not even in a scream, but in just a simple, um, quiet voice showing that it's coming from such a place it bothers this person to his very core of his essence, therefore he cannot express it in any words or any even a loud voice, which would be an expression of his own feeling separateness of his own existence. Rather, it's an ex- expression of his total essence, which cannot be contained in any, in any expression, just in a very quiet voice. And they said that we explained the idea of the nasira, of the, of the separation between Adam and Chava and Nash which is 
the originally the the feminine and male aspects of the tzilas za nukva were back to back, and everything on every Rosh Hashanah goes back to that state. And Rosh Hashanah, they that's when they were removed. They were cut apart from each other, and they come back face to face, and that's accomplished through the blowing of the shofar. And then we brought this interesting medrash it says that Hashem separated between the light and the darkness. That there's two explanations. One is that Hashem separated the light to Himself, and He separated it to the to the righteous ones. It makes sense how He separated it to the righteous ones, but why would Hashem need to separate light from Himself? He created the light, so why would He need the light? So the explanation is we have to understand what we when we call Hashem the infinite the infinite light of Hashem, the infinite energy of Hashem. Why do we call it light and not Shefa? Shefa is an influx of energy, and uh, seemingly sometimes the idea of Shefa is actually a more spiritual term, whereas Oyer is more of a physical, relates to the actual light. A Shefa doesn't relate to anything physical, it just means an influx of energy. But we, the reason is because when you say light, it shows that there's, that there's no change in effect in the, in the source of light um, through giving out that energy, whereas Shefa implies that there is a change in an effect because any shefa that's given over by the mashpia, the giver is always affected. Just like anything which is which moves something is is himself also moves. And we said an example when a person gives over when a teacher gives over an intellectual concept, there's a change in the actual in the teacher through that giving over the concept that he gets more insight into the concept. Like it says that for my students, I learned I've gained the most, and. Not just in a, a student which is really you know sharpens the teacher by making good questions, but even just the actual idea of teaching adds uh, adds insight to the to, into the teacher because it's not something that happens automatically, like the automatic flow, um, shining of the sun. Um, that's something that automatically within the nature of the sun it, it shines. Whereas here, the teacher is not just automatically giving over this concept; he has to he has to prepare himself to give over the concept. He has to think about how he's going to talk it over, how he's going to say it, and what aspects of the concept are applicable to the student. And therefore, um, being that he has to prepare himself and to delve into the concept, he it's actually it's, it's making him get a deeper understanding and more insight into the concept. And <clears throat> even even the person that's very smart, he understands the concept to himself, doesn't mean he's going to be able to teach it to somebody else. That's at a whole different level. That means somebody has to really understand the concept in the deepest depth of it to the very core. Therefore, he can extrapolate and express it into different ways because he understands the core of the concept and therefore he'll be able to teach it to the student. So, um, any any hashpa comes through gachana. Any giving over comes through a preparation. In order, you have to uh, you have to delve into the concept, and understand it, and that's why the mashpia is changed. He is affected by this hashpa. In, in a good way, he's affected. He gets more insight into the concept, and even if he's not getting more insight into the concept, more understanding in the concept, he already he already gets it in the deepest way. But when he gives it over, it actually makes him connect to it more because he has to invest himself in it and invest himself into the letters and the mind of the student. So he gets more excited about the concept. He gets more passionate about it, even if he doesn't get more insight into it. And we ended with the question that seemingly the idea of ashpa uh, um, giving over of something is actually a a superior quality, right? Um, because he's being invested into the concept, he's gaining more insight, he's gaining more excitement about the concept. But at the same time, when the idea of being invested in this means that the the teacher is lowering himself to the to the mind of the student and to the letters of the student, the specific way the student will understand it, 
and that's a that's a descent and a deficiency in, in the in the teacher. So we have to understand that these two opposite things happening here in Ashba. Is it good, adding insight, or is it bad, making the teacher have to bring himself down to the to the mind of the student? Short synopsis of the previous episode, Amud Chaf Aleph, page twenty-one. We said that a mashpia, the, the one who gives over something, is always receiving. He's always he's giving over from what he already received, and he's not an independent. He's not a self-sufficient, intrinsic entity. <clears throat> he's only getting from what he received. So therefore, it's possible to be by him a adding or a subtracting. He can gain or he can lack from this from his giving. He gets more insight to the concept, or he lacks by having to lower himself down to the student's level. However, by uh, light and the luminary, the source of light, the luminary is a essential, uh, self-sufficient, intrinsic entity, and the light comes from it in an automatic way, not in a way it has to be involved in the involved and enmeshed and, and invested in giving over the light, and it, therefore it doesn't it doesn't gain anything from giving the light and doesn't lack anything from the fact that the light was given or wasn't given. So, when we're talking about a shefa, their um, shefa is cause, always causes a change in the person giving the shefa, the mashpia, and also he's affected by it, the fact that he has to lower himself down to uh, from from receiving the intellect, for, as an example, in the example of the of the teacher or the student, he has to lower himself from the idea of receiving to giving. And he, so he has to both uh, limit himself and also limit the, the concept within his mind, which he's going to be giving. And he also has to think within that limited concept that he's going to give over, how is he going to give it over? How is he going to explain it in the way that the student should understand it? And that's why there's a difference between a good teacher and a bad teacher. A good teacher is always thinking about new, new ways to explain new concepts, new analogies, new ways to explain it to the, to the student, and the opposite, the bad teacher. So... <clears throat> this is all a change and a and a effect in the mashpia. The mashpia is very bothered, very busy, taken over by giving over the concept, by being mashpia, whatever he's giving over, and he's bothered by it, and it doesn't happen automatically. And he's also bothered by how he's going to give it over. But in the case of light, is not it doesn't affect any change in the source of light, like in the in the in the example of the the sun. The ray, the ray that goes from the sun doesn't. It doesn't matter to the sun at all if the sh- if the sun shines or not. If there's if there's clouds, it doesn't change the sun, or it doesn't take away from the sun. And if it does shine, it doesn't. It doesn't um, take. It doesn't add anything to the sun. And the 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 shining of the light from the sun is an automatic, and not through the the fact that the sun has not in the way that the sun has to sort of say put itself in a state of shining. It doesn't, it's not changed by 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 its shining. It's an automatic thing, and it's not bothered by it. It's not taken over by the idea of shining, <coughs> and the so the, when you're talking about light, the light doesn't make any change within the source of light, and it doesn't make any effect within the source of light, and change in the sense it doesn't add to it and, or just subtract from it, and it doesn't affect it in the sense it doesn't have to be bothered and put itself in a mode of shining. Whereas, um, and that's all because what's the reason for that? Because light. Is only ha'odalavad. It's only an external ray from the, and not, nothing compared to the the essence of the sun itself, and therefore, and therefore, it doesn't the sun is not taken over by, it doesn't change by that external ray. Whereas in the sense of shefa, when you're giving over shefa, you're giving over a real some, something, a real substance like the water. It's a, the flowing of water is called shifas mayim because the actual water is, is flowing. In any shefa, it's a, you're giving over something a real substance, something a real has essence to it. 
but the but whereas light is totally is no essence, not a real substance. It's just an external ray from the orb of the sun. Therefore, it doesn't bring about any change or effect within the within the source of the light. Uh, however, even though the light is only an external ray which has no comparison to the essence of the sun, nevertheless, it's very similar to the essence to the source of the light, and that's only by only by light and not by shefa. Shefa is not compared to the essence. Like example of the mundane talk of the Torah scholars, even though you have to learn from it because it has something intellectual in it, but nevertheless, it's nothing compared to his essential intellect, how it is in itself, and that's in all all um, giving over of intellects of and intellectual concepts that the whatever he, the, the the teacher or the person gave over, um, compared to how it is within his mind, the concept how it is in his mind is in a lot higher level. And all the more so that his his intellect is is, is it totally su- surpasses the idea of this low level intellect which he transferred to the to the other person to the student, starting on the top of page Chavbe's three lines from the top. A short synopsis of the previous episode, which was Amud Chavbe's page twenty two. How by Hashba there always has to be. Um, you always have to give yourself counsel, so to say. Take counsel, think about how to give over the hashpa, how to give over this intellectual idea. It has to be changed how it is by you. You have to bring it down to a lower level, change it to fit the level of the understanding of the student, to include it into different analogies and different explanations, so you shouldn't be able to see the same light of the intellect how it is in the, the state, in the mind of the, of the teacher. Um... So Shefa in the end always changes how it is by the mashpia, and even when you're in hashpa atzmis, even when it's an essential hashpa, you're giving over some from your essence. Like in the case of a father and a son, the father gives over from his very essence to the son. Like the essence of him is found within the the drop, the the drop of this his seed, and that's why we see that even the this, the sons of of Torah scholars are not like the Torah scholars themselves. And there's a lot of reasons why it says they're not, but the, in the end, if it wasn't for all these reasons, then um, they wouldn't be similar to the the the, the sons of Torah scholars would wouldn't be. There is a chance that they won't be similar to their fathers, to their fathers who are Torah scholars. And the same thing we see in in everybody that their children are not always totally similar to them. And the fact that they do give birth to something similar to them is only in. The way that their intellect, intellectual capacity, and their emotions are set up, but the son maybe won't be different. He'll look totally different. He'll act different. He'll think different. So that's what we see. That even Ashpaatz is when you're giving over from your essence, it can still, since it's shefa, it's always going to be different from the mashpia. But however, light is always going to be similar to the source of light, like in this, the light of the sun. It's the the just like the sun itself is shiny, so to the light is going to give the ray of the sun is also going to give light. It's going to be shiny. And that's why we see that light never changes. It shines equally everywhere, whereas Shefa changes according to the type of vessel which it's enclosing in. Um, that besides the fact that it changes from how it is in the mind of the teacher who's giving over that Shefa, also the way that the intellectual concept, the Shefa, is going to be received by the student, it's always going to be according to the specific nature of his mind. And each student is going to get it and get it, get the concept in a different way. Even though it's the same exact Shefa he's giving over, but each student will grasp it, understand it a little bit differently according to the specific nature of his of his brain. And similarly, we see by even Ashba Gashmi, a physical uh, flow, 
of water. The water changes according to the earth, the ground, the the dirt that it's going over. There's there's good, there's nice water, and there's dirty water, and it's all dependent on the ground which is flowing on. Even though the essence of the water is not changing, you can always you can always filter the water and make it back to its pure state. Nevertheless, the fact that it does receive change, is able to be changed, shows you that it's our, this is the idea of Shefa. Shefa always changes from the source of the Mashpia. And also another thing in Shefa is that there always has to be a proper vessel to receive that Shefa. Like in the intellect, if the person doesn't have a, a proper intellect, a, a developed mind enough, he's not going to be able to get it. And always according to the way of the receiver, the student is going to be the way that the Shefa has to be drawn down. Whereas light, it's, it's drawn down equally to everywhere. It doesn't need to be a specific vessel to receive it doesn't matter if it's shining in a, the palace of a king or in a, in a trash dump. It's always shining equally because it doesn't, it doesn't take into account the vessel because it's not enclosing into it in an internal way, not relating to it to, in its specific nature. It's just shining there. Um, the sh- and the light never is changed by whatever it shines to. It always stays, stays totally pure and clean, no matter if it shines on the trash dump or on water. And so too, by Hashem in his, in his essence, in his infinite essence, He's found everywhere, even the even in the unpure places of of our world, and he still obviously never changes according uh, because of that, and this is all because the the way that Hashem relates to everything is just with this more external limited um, radiation from himself and not him himself, and therefore it doesn't affect that his him and his essence at all, and the reason why light is remains removed from where it shines is because light is always it's always similar to the source of light just like the source of light is totally removed the globe of the sun so too the light the ray of the sun also remains totally removed is not changed by whatever it shines into it doesn't become dirty if it shines on a trash can or doesn't smell different uh, the, the place where it's shining doesn't matter to it at all starting at the top of page Chav Gimel three lines from the top a quick synopsis of the previous episode, Ahmed Chaf Gimel, page 23. We spoke about that. We brought up a question in the parentheses that seemingly the the energy which extends from the soul, the energy which encloses into the specific faculties and powers of the soul, they go, they enclose into each uh, organ of the, of the person according to the specific nature of that organ. It seems to be that there's a change in the energy of the soul, and that's the idea of shefa, not of not oyr. But we just said that the light of the soul is the idea of oyr. It doesn't change. So he said that that's only relating to the specific faculties, how the soul extends out and how it relates to the specific faculties. That's t- that is actually shefa. But the general light of the soul, how it gives life to the whole body, that is actually the idea of oyr. It doesn't change. Um, and even though obviously that the being that the soul itself in general is a a inner an inner um, light, meaning it's a it's a type of energy which has to enclose in, into inner way into the body. Therefore, it has to be the body has to be fitting to it um, to in order that the human soul should be revealed in it. But in general, it's still an idea of oyer, which is not which is not affected at all, and by when it extends out from itself. But that's why if the soul, God forbid, is um, reincarnated into a, a different bo- an animal body or a plant plant. Um, it doesn't totally reveal itself because it's not a fitting vessel for expression of the body. So he said, the, the, so after all the analogies about the difference between Shefa and Oyer and light, we go back to, back to spiritual terms. What does it mean in the energy of Hashem? Why do we call it light specifically? That's to show these ideas that we said before, that it's just an external ray 
and it doesn't have anything from the essence, so no comparison to the essence, and also that it's a, so to say, an automatic, in the sense that the essence is not invested, is not bothered by this giving out of its energy. Um, and obviously, by Hashem, it's not, nothing's automatic and against His will, it's all what He willed it, but it's an automatic, it has an automatic sense to it, in the sense, just like when a person, something happens automatically, it's without effort, so to this extension of the energy from Hashem, the, the light from Hashem is also without effort. And therefore, any energy from Hashem doesn't, doesn't bring about a change within the essence of Hashem, being that it's only external ray. But, um, like I said before, but the, the ray, being that it's from the, the light, even the external ray from the light is similar to the light. Whereas Shefa, it's, it's changed, it's always totally different from how it is in the, by the Mashpia, by the person that's giving over this uh, class or the intellectual concept, like you said. So the light of Hashem, the, ex- the external energy which extends from Hashem, it, it's, even though it's just external, it's still similar to the essence. And being that just like the essence is without definition and is unlimited, so to this light has unlimited quality and it's totally without form. Therefore, even the energy that extends from the essence of Hashem, even though it's just an external ray, it, it's totally above being, being the source for the life force of the limited worlds. And that's why you had to have the tzimtzum, the, ex- the intense con- contraction, concealment of, the, of the unlim- this unlimited energy, even though it's just an external ray, but still has the similarity, therefore it's unlimited, therefore you have to contract it, conceal it, and draw down the, the energy of the kav, which is a contracted divine energy, which is totally different than the, totally different nature than the original light from before the tzimtzum. And the analogy we said for that is the idea of hair, that even though the hair is drawn directly from the brain, Nevertheless, it comes through an intense tzimtzum, and therefore you don't feel it when you cut the hairs off. So to the kav, even though it comes directly from the Erdian Seif, the infinite energy of Hashem from before the tzimtzum, nevertheless, being that it's drawn down through an intense tzimtzum contraction, it's totally not the same nature as the original light, and it has a limited nature to it now, and therefore it's able to enliven limited worlds. And this light is even called darkness compared to how the light before the tzimtzum, because it's totally so far from it, and without any comparison whatsoever, uh, it's on a whole other realm. And then we explained, that's what we said earlier in the Mimer, Hashem separated between dark, light and darkness, He separated the light to Himself, as referring to the Tzimtzum, that this infinite light, the unlimited energy, even though it's just an external ray, it's still unlimited, He had to separate it up to Himself to conceal it, to allow the world to come into existence. And that's what it said also, that the world is not fitting to use this light, and He hid it, also referring to the Tzimtzum. And that the idea that He separated this light to the Tzadikim means that through the fulfilling Torah mitzvahs, you're able to draw down this unlimited energy from before the tzimtzum into the worlds that come after the tzimtzum. That's the ultimate purpose of Torah mitzvahs, to draw down that unlimited energy of Hashem, and it should shine in a revealed way down here. That's to make Hashem a dwelling place even in this lower, wor- lower world. And um, that's what it means, that he separated this light to the tzaddikim also, that we, the tzaddikim, all the Jewish people, when they fulfill Torah mitzvahs, have the ability to draw down this unlimited energy of Hashem. Synopsis of the previous episode, page Chafdalid 24. He said that we're explaining the verse of Shuvah Yisrael Adashem Lekecha, return to unto Hashem your God. And we explained that the mitzvahs are, the commandments are related to the, the will of Hashem. And the, the idea of the will is the drawing of the, the turning, the drawing down of the soul itself to the thing which you want. Just like a person wants his friend, so his whole soul, his whole, his whole being is drawn to that person. And the opposite, if somebody hates, somebody is hateful to that person, your will runs away back to your essence and re- returns away from that person. And so too above, when the Jewish people just, uh, fulfill Hashem's will and do Torah mitzvahs, then they draw down Hashem's will to them. 
like it says in the verses, and opposite when they are not fitting and they don't do Hashem's will, then that will is removed from them. Like it says, my will, my soul is not to that to that nation, which relates to Hashem's essence. His will is not to the Jewish people when they don't act according to His will, and and that's understood that it's not just it's a lot more than just when they're not going against His will that they're not also doing His will, but when they're go totally going against it, then the will of Hashem is totally removed and exalted all the way back into Hashem's essence. A lot more than if they were just doing nothing, not against His will. And in order to bring that, that bring that will back down, to, it should extend back down into um, be revealed in the Jewish people. You have to reach a higher level than the will, because the will is already remo- already removed. So you can't bring it back down from the will's perspective. You can't bring it back down anymore. You already went against that will. So you have to reach to a higher place. And the idea of the the will is still, even though it's the drawing of the actual the essence of the soul, the essence of the soul being drawn to something. Nevertheless, it's still not really the essence of the soul. It's just a drawing down a extension of an external energy from the soul. And so to above, the will of Hashem, and even the will of Hashem for, that has for Torah Mitzvah, it's just an external ray of godliness, and not, its, and not His essence, not literally His essence. And therefore, in order to, to make the will of Hashem's desire of the Jewish people return back, uh, you have to draw down from the, the hidden essence, the core, the very essence of Hashem, which transcends even the will of Hashem. And that's what it says, Shuvah Yisrael Adav Hashem Lekechel. Return Israel to Hashem your God. That Havaya, the level Havaya, relates to the will of Hashem. When it says in this verse, Havaya Lekechel, Havaya relates to the will, like it says that the Torah mitzvahs are called Havaya. And when, when a person sins, transgresses that will, goes against that will, you cause the Havaya to go away. And you have to draw it down Again, uh, from anew, you have to reach a higher level than Havaya to draw it down from anew. And that's what it says, Mimamakim Havaya. From the depths of the depths, I call down, I draw down Havaya. Meaning, when you, really, when you do tshuva and you do repentance and, and you reach the very essence, the core of your soul, when that touches the very essence of Hashem, then you're able to draw down the level of Havaya, the Hashem's will, His desire for you, again in a new way because you're reaching a deeper level than, than Havaya. And that's only when you have the deep level of tshuva, which relates to, which touches your very core. And that's why he said, they say, Shuvah Shal Adavayi that the tshuva has to reach such a level until that, you have to reach such a level, meaning the very essence of Hashem, which compared to that level, Havaya, even the, the sublime level of Havaya is considered like a likim, like contraction and symptom and darkness and nothingness compared to the essence of Hashem. And why do you have to do this level of tshuva? Because you have stumbled on your sins, you've caused the will of Hashem to be removed and not to be revealed upon you, therefore you have to reach a higher level to draw down that will from anew. And that's why it says, not to Hashem your God, but until, because you reach, have to reach such a level, until such a level that, compared to that level, Havai is considered like Elikechal, like Elikim, like contraction, tinsum. And that's the reason because you've stumbled upon your sins and you've caused the will of Hashem, the lower level of the will of Hashem to be removed from you, therefore you have to reach from the very depths of your soul, the essence of the soul, which touches the essence of God, and is higher, that transcends even the, His will, and there is able to draw that will down from anew. Thank you everybody for listening to the new podcast, Chassidus. This is Levi Gelb, and if anyone has any questions or any thoughts or feedback, please feel free to email me at rabbigelb at gmail.com. Also, please check out my website, chassidisonline.org, and sign up for our weekly email to receive a Maimur Mavur explanation on a Maimur from Tereir Lukute Torah almost every week. And there you'll also find a, an archive for all our other or older Maimur that we've already explained on the weekly Parsha on the Yom Tevim. 
And also you'll notice in the description for this week's episode and for every week's episode, a little link to become a monthly supporter, a partner in this uh, for this podcast. Please consider doing that. It will help greatly to allow the episodes to continue and to make them better. And you can also dedicate an episode in honor of memory of something or of a simcha. And to do that, please email, email me at rabbigelb at gmail. And we can mention that at the beginning and at the end of every of that episode. Thank you very much.